The epistle for the Septuagesima Sunday is taken from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brethren, know you not that they that run in the race all run indeed, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every one that striveth for the mastery refraineth himself from all things, and they indeed that they may receive a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible one. I therefore so run, not at not as at an uncertainty, I so fight, not as one beating the air. But I chastise my body and bring it into subjection, lest perhaps when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. For I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all in Moses were baptized in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. They drank from that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. In the continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. At that time, Jesus spoke to his disciples this parable. The kingdom of God is like to a householder who went out early in the morning to hire laborers in his vineyard. And having agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing in the marketplace idle, and he said to them, Go you also into my vineyard, and I will give you what shall be just. And they went their way. And again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour, and did in like manner. But about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing, and he saith to them, Why stand you here all the day idle? And they said to him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith to them, Go you also into my vineyard. And when evening was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith to his steward, Call the laborers and pay them their hire, beginning from the last, even to the first. When therefore they were come that came about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. When the first also came, they thought that they should receive more, and they also received every man a penny. And receiving it, they murmured against the master of the house, saying, These last have worked but one hour, and thou hast made them equal to us, that have borne the burden of the day and the heats. But he answering said to one of them, Friend, I do you no wrong. Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Take what is thine and go thy way. I will also give to this last even as to thee. Or is it not lawful for me to do what I will? Is thy eye evil because I am good? So shall the last be first and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. That's for the words of today's Holy Gospel. Please be seated. So we have the purple vestments again. We have entered into the season of the year called Septuagesima. And Septuagesima basically means 70 days before Easter. And it's not exactly 70 days before Easter. It's just 40 plus three more weeks, which makes it about 70 days. Um, and the idea is that 70 days before Easter, the religious and, and the priests would... Uh, do a little extra penance to, um, to spend more time in penance. 
And uh, it's also a, a voluntary thing for, um, for you to do, to, to do a little more extra penance preparing for Lent rather than spending the weeks going up to Lent, uh, partying and doing all that sort of stuff. Um, so that's what Setua Jesima is for. It's no longer in the new calendar, and so that's why if you go to uh, an ordinary form of the Mass, you'll notice that it, they're still wearing green vestments because uh, the two calendars are different. This is probably one of the most noticeable differences in the two calendars. Um, some people wonder if it's evil that the two calendars are different. No, it's not evil. In the Catholic Church, um, there's always been different calendars going on at the same time. So the Franciscans would have their calendar, and the Carmelites will have their calendar, um, the main church would have their calendar, and so on. So it's, um, it's not evil that we have different calendars in the Catholic Church. Um, so I'm sure you all brought some extra money today because we've been having so many second collections lately. Got some good news and some bad news. The bad news is that there is no second collection. <laughs> and the good news is that there's something else you can spend your money on. Um, in the bookstore after Mass and also in the hall, I believe, we're going to be selling bricks for the Mary's Garden. So you can have the name of one of your loved ones engraved on this brick and it will be placed in uh, the Mary's Garden that we hope to put in the back part of the, in the back section of the property um, so that people that pray in that garden to Our Lady can remember your loved ones. And also there's smaller bricks with the keys of St. Peter that you could purchase for a cheaper price. And also there's, because um, of the charity of some of the faithful, um, Mrs. Corella has uh, donated a few um, paintings that she has painted to go uh, to be a raffle for um, a fundraiser to help with the debt we have. So there's raffle tickets also for sale after Mass, a uh, dollar a ticket. And they'll be for sale the next couple weeks, and then we'll do the drawing of the, uh, the paintings on the next potluck that we have. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. <clears throat> so today I'm going to sound a little bit like the Protestants, asking for money and telling you about salvation. Um, the trouble with our separated brethren is that they have the same Bible and preach a different gospel. And while they say that all are saved, they stress that many are saved by faith alone. And profess Christ your Savior and you will be saved. Some believe in predestination. That God saves the people that he has already decided will be in heaven. And everybody else, no matter what they do, will never be saved. And so on. For some reason... In the United States, 99% of the people believe that they are going to go to heaven when they die. And they also believe that the rest of the people in the country are not. So do the math. <clears throat> in the epistle today, we see something very different. In the epistle today, we see St. Paul tell us that many run the race, but only one gets the prize. That many fight the battle, but only one wins. 
And he goes on to say that the chosen people were all brought out of Egypt. They were all chosen people. And they were all protected by God, by the cloud, fire by night, smoke by day. Well, the other way around, we've been through this before, I can't remember which it is. Um, and they all were, were fed by our Lord by the manna, all fed by God by the manna, all fed by God with the water from the rock. But not all of them were pleasing in the sight of God. And our Lord nails it down in the gospel. Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. This is the same Christ who was asked in Luke chapter 13, Lord, are they few that are saved? And his answer to that was, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, shall seek to enter and shall not be able. And in Matthew chapter 7, he tells us, Enter in at the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there are who enter there. How narrow is the gate, and straight the way that leadeth to life. And few there are that find it. This is the same Lord, this is the same Divine Master, who taught us the parable of the ten virgins. And all ten virgins were invited to the wedding. But only five made it. Why? Because they were prepared. He tells us about the guests who were invited to the wedding feast of the king. And none of them were granted entry. Why? Because they each wanted to go their own way. He talks about the cockle that grows up with the wheat. And they all look the same. But on harvest day, the servants will bundle the cockle to be burned, while the wheat go into the barn. Many are called, but few are chosen. And why would that be? Well, because true repentance requires restitution. If I've done something wrong, I need to make up for the damage I've done. It requires restitution, it requires amendment. If I am truly repented of my sins, I'm not going to do them anymore. I'm going to change my ways. And if we do not change our ways, how can we say that we have repented? How can we say that we believe if we have not repented yet? Or does our faith mean nothing to us? Is it a verbal consent without a moral commitment? Does the fact that Christ died for our sins leave us no sorrow for the sins we have committed? Many are called, but few are chosen. So do not listen to those preachers who hold the same Bible and preach a different gospel. Listen to St. Paul. 
who exhorts us in Philippians chapter 2 to work, to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. Many are called, few are chosen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen.